Are you listening? Damn. Uh. Yeah. Uh. We're counted in. We're there, ladies and gentlemen. No, we're we've arri- <laughs> we've arrived. We've arrived. Uh, so, so I will say this, uh, anybody who's listening to this, I'm, I'm, uh, super pumped to have my best friend in the world on the podcast tonight, Colin Wilmer. Um, this is not scripted. I don't have any questions even pre thought out. We're hanging out, possibly drinking a little bit too much and, uh, having some fun. I don't know. Yeah. So I'm super, super excited to have you on the show. We'll see where this goes. Yeah, I'm gonna pour some of this uh, this stage bourbon. <laughs> this is like <laughs> stage bourbon. Yeah, this is the bottle that uh, looks like it's filled, but it's, it's actually just painted brown. Apple juice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, like a, like some improv uh, comedy prop where you're just like, like, oh, I'll just. Yep, making drinks just all day long, just over here, just oh, just putting them back like brown apple juice. Mm-hmm. I think that's what they do in the movies. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, I don't. Ooh, that that is a good question. <coughs> all right, do it. Oh, that's not that bad. Yeah, that's actually pretty. There's good. some surprising ones. Uh, I had to, the pleasure of drinking this. Peanut butter whiskey. Peanut butter whiskey? I know it sounds dumb. It sounds dumb. But, and like, it, it's kind of that kind of booze where you're like, uh, you know, you know it's going to be a hangover, but it tastes so good. Like, it tastes like, I, I don't know. I, I forget what it's called, but, um, is it, so I, hold on. Is it mixed with peanut butter or like, how do they get a peanut butter not, like flavor? Like I they, they like make it in a bat of like peanuts, like, like a peanut barrel I, that or something. I, yeah. I could not even tell you even like the smallest part of the process of the making of this peanut butter whiskey, but, um, it tastes, I think, oh, oh, I remember the name now it's called screwball and, uh, shout out screwball. I, we might be able to get a sponsorship. Know, yeah, Thank yeah. you. I appreciate there that. There we go. Yes. We're it trying could be, for uh, instead of that stage prop on the side there, it could be a bottle of screwball. Dude. Yeah. There we go. Reach out to screwball. Um, I, so I thought about this a while ago because we were drinking, it's been a couple of Christmases ago and we were drinking uh moonshine, but it was, it was like uh, my, my brother-in-law who's from East Tennessee, he brought back some like legit potential of going blind kind of moonshine. so he brought it back and it's like i mean it's in a very questionable uh container you know it's like in one of those uh, mason jars but it didn't look clean yeah like it had been on a shelf and the little safety button the safety button wasn't like yeah like you're you know know when you can stuff like like there's a suction and then and like the top you know if you can press in on the top it's bad (laughs) you know no this had already been opened like this was tested off the uh, off the cellar floor. And it was like the, you could see the fingerprints of like retightening it to bring it back from Tennessee. And then there was still dust, like on the rim, like this had been sitting for a while and like Interesting. all of your childhood, uh, 
prep preparatory drinking kind of comes into that that moment when you're like oh this is like real fucking deal and all i could think about like i remember one time like uh uh <clears throat> one of the ladies you had dated uh i don't remember which one but either way she was like you shouldn't drink that shit it can make you go blind and i was like shut up bitch you know like you don't know you don't know what my uh-huh. eyes are capable of and right. so i you know i'm like all i could think is like is she serious like I know she didn't like me, but sometimes like, was she sometimes serious? I get drunk with my own eyeballs. Yes. Like I know how much they can drink. <laughs> yeah. So uh we we had that and it was it was rough. It was like it tasted like ever clear on steroids. It was just bah, I can't do uh-huh. this. But then he brought like the mixture of like, here's the same stuff, but this is like their peach cucumber batch and like all of this thing. And it like oh, started gotcha. to get easier. <laughs> So it sounds like it's this like whiskey, Ooh. like peanut butter whiskey, but it was like with, uh, you know, with moonshine. And it was like, I, I remember waking up the next day, the worst hangover. It was horrible. Oh, I bet, dude. But I started thinking in my screwball brain, ha <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was thinking that uh, this is, this is, this is like somebody messing with uh, like gene therapy, like training. This is doing God's work right here, right? Where we're altering the DNA of what something should be in its natural alcoholic form. And we're, and we're infusing it improperly. And you they know, used CRISPR on this booze. Yes. To like create it. Yeah. To make it's it, also to make it more palatable, of... right. To sell some cell content. We're going to just right. sploosh it with peach and that'll sell. <laughs> Fuck it. Uh, right. How are you doing, man? I love you. It's good to see you. I love you too, man. Uh, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, I don't know if I said this, but like I did one of those things at my job. Normally, like my job, I, uh, you know, everything runs pretty smooth most of the time. And, and, uh, nobody, nobody even has to like email me or talk to me that much, you know, but I did one of those things the other day where everybody knows my name. <laughs> And uh, a good or a bad. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> in a bad way. Yeah, I was in like, a bad way. Good or a bad. Yeah. Know your name. Like, is it a negative connotation to say Colin, or is it like, oh, it's fucking Colin? Like, I'm pretty sure this one department at my job is like, not, we're not on speaking terms at this <laughs> at this moment. So, I mean, not really, but uh, so I I know obviously what you do. Um, uh-huh. You're my you're my bffffffff. Uh-huh. Watch that last night. Uh-huh. It was a really good show. Um, but, uh, what, you know, for, for the listeners, what do what do you do? So they got a little bit of context around this disaster that you're about. to Uh, right, right. Uh, I'm the network administrator for, uh, the Colorado, Colorado community college system. Um, I've worked there for coming up on three years now. Um, I've got, I'm responsible for. Me and one other gentleman are are responsible for network connectivity to about um, forty community college sites throughout the state of Colorado, um, and we average anywhere between fifteen thousand to like thirty thousand users uh, connected to this system. So, um, and. My my role is very specific. Like I I handle connectivity to from our central office to all the sites, um, uh, among as well as our 
uh, data center networking. So uh, you, yeah, so the data center, hold on, the data center network, what is, what is that? So you manage from, you manage from where you are to these remote locations. That's, I can kind of make sense of that point mm-hmm. A to point B, but you said your other responsibility is like managing the, what is it? Data system network. D- uh, well, it's data center networking, um, or, you know, data center switching, um, switch has a very, uh, specific, uh, a switch in my world is a very specific device that does, uh, has a specific role in, in networking. Um, there's, you've got routers, switches, and then, uh, firewalls. Those are kind of the, the well-known um components of of uh networking there's some other things out there as well but um when you uh in a data center you've got all these servers right you know one, you know server 1 server 2 server 3 server 4 server 5 yada yada you know and they're you know they're all clustered together and they're all do uh hosting virtual machines and all this other stuff but uh all those all those servers need a way to communicate from their location to, you know, the internet. Yeah. Uh, and so in order to facilitate the communication between the servers and the outside world, I set up these devices that, um, allow them to, uh, do that, I guess. I, I mean, I, I could get, I could go deeper if you'd like, but that gets to be a real, <laughs> uh, real doozy. Yeah, I don't know. Quick. I mean, I'm not sure if you, you know, if you really want to, if your heart's dead set on it, nah. sure. No, no, no. But well, I would rather hear. That, I just wanted to get some yeah, context. Sorry. I'm like, gonna... what happened with this disaster hour? Okay, okay. So basically, eight months ago, I made a mistake when I installed this thing, and I. I installed it and, and it gave me an indicator light that I assumed was good. And then, uh, it turns out the way it was installed was not good. And then <laughs> we had to, uh, like it's, uh, it, it was part of a, an upgrade. So we were putting in new, new equipment. And, um, once the new equipment was up and in production, it means it meant that we had to like take out the old equipment. And when we took out the old equipment, um, uh, something got bumped and this device rebooted in the middle of the day on a Tuesday. And we'll just say the internet went out for about seven to 10 minutes for all those 40 sites and the 15 to 30,000 people (laughs) that use it every day. Oh, no. Oh, no. Did, uh, yeah. so did you guys know immediately? Were you like, oh shit? Or was it like, oh uh, yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. Immediately me and, uh, my coworker were like, this is not good. Um, and, uh, and everybody else immediately knew it was not good. We got, uh, lots of, lots of people started asking questions and, uh, it was pretty well known. So today is the meeting where we talked about and and those that seven to ten minute outage also triggered a a very 
bad situation for other departments. I mean, it's, it's not like, uh, it's not like people just couldn't watch, um, YouTube for a little bit. Like it, it, this particular device is very important. (laughs) And so I'm not trying to laugh, but (laughs) no, no, no. I mean, it's Uh, hilarious now, but I, I was, it's, uh, it's a pretty cool, I like, I really like my job because it is one of those things where like, unless something's wrong, nobody even, I mean, people kind of question like what it is you do around here. Sure. But, um, you know, if you're doing it right, um, nobody knows you're even there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, except for your direct manager and, you know, somebody above them or whatever, you know, but. So what was this like ripple effect? Like you, you felt the seven to 10 minutes, the repeater sites felt like 30 to 40 or like, what was, well, so you got this, um, so so the sites, they started to, after that seven to 10 minute outage, they were able to get to something like YouTube, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, from, from, um, their remote location. But All those, all those servers that were in the data center, um, we, we, we have this, uh, in networking, there's this idea of redundancy and failover, right? Like, so we don't have just one data center. We've got two at least, right? Yeah. And, um, you've got connections to both of them. So if somebody in site A tries to get to data center A, they can get there, but they could also get to data center B in the event that data center a wasn't available, data center B would be available immediately. Right. So when, when we killed this device for seven to 10 minutes, this, the mechanisms that say like, let's switch over to data center B didn't go the way they should have. And, uh, while, everybody could finally get to YouTube. They, they couldn't get to things like their file share or, you know, um, certain applications, you know, that are, that are required business applications that are, you know, proprietary to not proprietary, but common for sure. Uh, are uh, for the industry that I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. So what, uh, so have the uh, has the storm passed? Have the waters calmed a little bit, so to speak, well, t- or is it like t- today was the meeting where we talked about like all the things that went wrong, and you know, um, and obviously, actually, I mean, it was it was a it was really cool. I really appreciated this because our our new boss essentially um, has a very not great. It's kind of hard to find the word, but like a, a really good outlook on this situation, right? Which is like we don't get to, we don't have this problem very often. And when things, you know, obviously it didn't go right. So this isn't a meeting to like, you know, point fingers or, um, or assign blame or what's cool about this is from that perspective, you know, being able to say like, you know, this was a test of our, um, our capabilities. Mm -hmm. Right. And, um, you know, there were some failures. So how do we, how do we, um rectify that and and make this better 
So, and we, honestly, we came to the table with a bunch of good ideas, like um, the mechanisms we use to uh, at, like, you know, at site, at one of the remote sites, like they've actually got two links and there was a, there was a problem with the way that we, you know, had thought about, there was a problem with the way that we were handling the failover from that perspective. Cause we, we just literally did like, I don't even know the cost, but I know it's over. I know it's over like four or $5 million in equipment that we just, um, uh, purchased and, and upgraded our, both our data centers. Yeah. Um, but, but it's all, it's this new design and we, we just didn't, you know, we didn't foresee this happening, you know, but, um, it, it just shows you the holes in, in the design and your configuration. Right. And so this meeting was like, like, how do we, um, go about rectifying that and, and, um, making our, our, making everything more resilient. That's pretty good. It's a good, you know, I was just talking to, um, you know, hearing, hearing you kind of say that it's like, it, that's one of those things that, a, you maybe you had never done this specific upgrade or this replacement of this product, and so it's like you're not mm-hmm. doing it on repetition enough to be able to like highlight the the problems from like a I'll I'll say like a just from my background like like a safety situation like something happens uh-huh. guy gets a hand cut off you do this like root cause failure analysis you basically mm-hmm. determine why the hand was chopped off. You put in policies and procedures to prevent a future hand from being chopped off, and you start to act in that new methodology, like as far as like processing oh, yeah. that whole. But like, if you don't do that, you know, repetitious enough, then you can't really develop that. So it's like, um, I think having this happen to you, it seems like now you've at least got some data to go like, okay, moving forward, it could be another five or ten years before you guys do the same exact process. But at least you've got like you know what can happen if it happens again and it is a widget like it's a like that that thing is you know like it's it's defined it's not going to change it's you know so it in theory i feel like the failure points should always be the same so it's like as long as you've got those practices in place then that in theory again shouldn't happen again so it's the grand scheme of things it's probably good that it did happen Totally. sucks i mean i can imagine like you know your asshole was probably puckered up water fucking tight but super tight and ants butthole ants butthole to quote workaholics <laughs> yes but uh but in all serious probably i mean grand scheme of things it's probably a really good thing that it happened and like hats off to your manager who who's dealing with it like that yeah you know? like this isn't like a like no no nobody failed here like we all failed as a team if anybody well, failed and we're all going to move forward as a team you know, properly. Yeah. I mean, and I have two things to say to that for one, um, like we, uh, didn't do the test. We didn't do that test. Right. And honestly, we should have there, at least in this industry, you know, networking, it, that sort of thing. Like, like, you know, testing is important and like, it doesn't always get done because a lot of times we're, we don't have the time and we don't have, the budget and we don't have the staff to to do that stuff um uh 
and I, I, I think one of the things from this meeting is that like, we're going to test this specific scenario going forward. Right. So that's going to be one of our, not quarterly, hopefully, but you know, <laughs> we, we do that. First quarter we'll is going to suck. Second will be okay. Right. Fine. right. Uh, but we, we add that to a, uh, that becomes a procedure like you were saying. Um, and we, we test that and make sure it works. Right. Um, and then, Oh, the second part. Is it that oh, were, Bowman uh, Brothers whiskey's okay after talking so much shit? Yes. <laughs> Actually, not too bad. <laughs> For 12 bucks, it's good. Yeah. No. Uh, now, what was the second thing you were saying? The. Uh, Yeah, I was talking about like the the mindset of your manager. Like nobody fails. Like if anybody failed, we failed as a team. But like we're going to move forward Thank as a you. team equally. Right, right. Like like failure is required for success. Right. Sure. Like like you need to fail in order to understand where you weren't. And maybe it's not a requirement. I mean, whatever. But no, no, I, know, I, I agree you, with you heavily. Like when you, you fail you can learn from it. Right. And then you can make yourself better. So no, no, I, I think that's like the best possible um, perspective to have on any kind of situation or. Uh, well, it's a, it's a, it's a, in a working like, environment. not only even in your industry, but I think it's a global wide shift in the new thought process. Like I just had a, uh, an individual on the show the other day, that's a uh, manager of an ICU. And she's actually moving on oh, to well. a different position, um, specifically in healthcare that's designed to, to prevent with like placing certain things ahead of that, uh, failure potentially happen. Right. Like, so somebody gets the wrong type of blood or, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, but like, there's like, uh -huh. there's like mechanisms within, within the healthcare industry that you know, you can do this and do this and do this by all the data, but like, she's on the front end of that being like, we're going to implement this and this and this and this to hopefully prevent, you know, malpractice and other things that may or may not happen or, right. or you know, God gotcha. forbid somebody gives somebody an injection of something and it, and it harms them. Right. So she's like, she's changing. But the interesting thing she talked about was that there is like a global shift in the healthcare industry that's doing exactly like what your manager did, where it's like, yeah this is not the time to like slander or put down a person. It's actually the time to mm -hmm. say that nobody fails. Like, yes, this was, this was maybe a horrific accident, like in her industry. Right. But we all, we all win and we have to take this data and we have to make sure that everybody understands that like you have to report this data and like these failures or these like little, little cause, you know, uh, uh, you know, like the, the five whys, like is a very like classic, like, why did this happen? Why did that happen? Yeah, yeah, what, yeah. You know? And so like, that's a, that's a very like triangular path to the point of a problem. And so like, mm -hmm. like there, there's a huge mental shift, like across massive industries, like healthcare, uh, you know, like anything that has like a worker involved, like a human being still involved in it. There's a big managerial, like training shift to where that's becoming the new mentality of like, it's okay to report something that went wrong. Because in hindsight, it's actually going to make it better and potentially prevent it for the future. And so, right. um, you know, like I, I can definitely see the correlation between like her mentality and what she's been studying for her master's over the last three years with like the mentality of your manager. It's like, this yeah. is actually a good thing. And, you know, 
whether or not it was presented before and we could have corrected it at hand is like, it, that's, that's all irrelevant at this point because it happened. But I think moving forward, mm-hmm. like it's, it's kind of interesting that you're seeing that across multiple industries of like, you know, Colin didn't fuck up, you know, his, his uh, counterpart didn't fuck up. Like we're going <laughs> to learn from this situation and put something on top of it to prevent it in the future. We're going right. to put tests, we're going to do quarterly reporting or, you know, whatever. And so um, it's, it's pretty interesting to kind of see that correlation com- from like the tech industry managerial like level to, mm-hmm. you know, the, the uh, healthcare industry, you know? So I think that, yeah, I think that that's going to be interesting. Maybe it might take 10 or 15 years, but I do think that we'll probably start to see a huge change in the way that, uh, you know, that hierarchy level, like management down starts to interact with employees and personnel, like quote unquote below them, you know? Yeah. No, I think, uh, this, this, you know, big data trend is really, you know, interesting. I, I mean, big data and AI are like some buzzwords and, and, uh, you know, lots of people throw that shit around as marketing material type stuff. But, uh, when you, when you do gather information and then analyze it and, um, review it and like, you can recognize big trends and I, and honestly, like data science is really cool. Like I, I think it's, uh, if I weren't so shitty at math, <laughs> I might try to do that, but, uh, it's just really interesting. The, the major changes you can make by capturing like, you know, like minuscule data points from a person's daily work life. You know what yeah. I mean? I don't know. It's, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a big proponent of that. That's pretty cool. No, it's huge. I mean, when I was with, when I was with uh BP, that was a, it was, it was like a running joke in the field. Like we're not in the oil and gas world. We're in data and analytics. And I, I firmly uh-huh. believe that, you know, like I, yeah, because you know, the reality of it is like, if you see the push of that industry, like they're leading edge on a lot of things, tech technologically based, right? Like they're, uh-huh. they're doing a lot of, uh, remote, truly like remote control with like high, high fidelity, like thousands uh-huh. of miles from where that right. person is or where that software is located or like out remote, remote, remote. So it's like, they're, they're putting a lot of money in that. If you, if you kind of look at like what they're doing, like, yes, it's all driven. Like we need to make money like right now, you know, like, mm-hmm. or we need to look like we're making money. Um, but if you look at like what they're investing into it, I feel like the big, 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 big oil and gas companies are eventually going to become uh, the basically the gatherer of all of the data and analytics for for like recording oil and gas production or like right. rate shedding and like that's a whole other type of conversation when it comes to like you know pressures on this same line and like how you do this like. It's it's really weird. I don't think that the oil and gas industry is getting enough um enough like credit for what they're doing in that in that world, right? They're doing yeah. some pretty wild wild shit. And so I think that we'll see that trend start. They'll always obviously be producing at, you know out of the soil. Um but you know from at least the the level that I was working in like electrical automation, you got to kind of see some things and you're like this doesn't feel like it did 15 years ago. Like uh-huh. We're like not even concerned yeah, with this is like that thing different running. Than- like we're we want 
that we want to know why the it failed. The of this yeah, thing. Like, like, let's yeah, yeah, go yeah. back in it. So. Have you ever failed? Are you listening? Damn.